I'm Carl Lamar. If you ever feel lonely, just remember the NSA is always there. Watching, looking, listening, and quietly stalking your every move. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Every morning in SEAL training, my instructors, who at the time were all Vietnam veterans, would show up in my barracks room, and the first thing they'd do was inspect my bed. If you did it right, the corners would be square, the covers would be pulled tight, the pillow centered just under the headboard, and the extra blanket folded neatly at the foot of the rack. It was a simple task, mundane at best, but every morning we were required to make our bed to perfection. That seemed a little ridiculous at the time, particularly in light of the fact that we were aspiring to be real warriors, tough battle-hardened SEALs. But the wisdom of this simple act has been proven to me many times over. If you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride, and it will encourage you to do another task, and another, and another. And by the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that the little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you'll never be able to do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made. That you made. And a made bed gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be better. So if you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. Ah, I like that. It's simple. <laughs> I like simple. Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. I've got Uncle Milzy with me. That's why she likes me. I'm simple. <laughs> <laughs> You're a simple guy. Uh, so welcome. And uh, Wow. 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 Where do we start? Uh, yeah, we just got to get rolling. That's that's the only thing about that. Hey, by the way, if you if you gained a little weight, I gained a little weight over like the holiday season and uh, I gained about 10 pounds. I, I wanted to get rid of and I went over to Dr. Diet and I went there like, gosh, back like years ago when I needed to lose 40 pounds and I kept it off. But I gained a little at Christmas time. And I'm telling you, Dr. Diet's amazing. And uh they don't know I'm going to say this about them, but they're really cool over there. Really good people. And they really help. And I already lost it. Lost the weight. It's done. It's gone. Woohoo! January Wonderful. isn't even done yet. Anyway, they are really helpful. And they have so many ways to help you um, uh, lose weight, shed the pounds quickly. And that's what that, I just I just really like them. So I just wanted to let you know. Um, if you're struggling with a little bit of weight, uh, get over to Dr. Diet. They're on St. George Boulevard. They'll help you out. You'll get rid of it quick. Mine was quick. Seriously, I got rid of it in good, good. three weeks. Anyway, okay, <laughs> can I just can I just show you something on? Okay, here's some here's some headlines today. Talk about the media. Talk about the media backing somebody. I don't know if Romney's paying Deseret News or not, but <laughs> it sure seems that way. Here's some headlines though. Mitt meets with Mike Lee. His niece, FBI. Here's another headline: FBI missing text. Very concerning. <laughs> Since when did they go to a possible candidate's niece to hear whether the major headline is concerning to her? 
That doesn't. That's so. That's so weird. That is so strange. Well, apparently you uh, don't know his niece. <laughs> well, I mean, he hasn't even announced. But look, look at the headlines. Okay, so meet mitts with Mike Lee. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Romney's niece. Um, uh, Mitt uh, mole strategy with eye on Senate bid. Got to keep that in the press. Um, and uh, there was another one. Um, uh, Oh, what was it? Uh, Mitt concerned. Mitt concerned about uh, what's going on with um, with immigration. Oh, Romney praises athletes testifying against the pedophile coach. Wow. Now, so does the rest of the universe. But <laughs> we had to know that Romney is is really upset about that. Well, he'll make a good senator. Yes, now, and then there's he? there's Romney burps. Romney. <laughs> <laughs> Romney burps. Well, at least he didn't fart. Right. <laughs> Romney comments on his dinner that it was healthy last night. Romney loves Salt Lake. Wow. Romney loves Provo. He'll fit right in. Well, you know, the press is in overtime. You know, I, I give a lot of props to Larry Myers for running against him because it's going to be an uphill climb and he's going to need people to help him with it. And I, I really hope that you support him because it's just this kind of stuff makes me laugh because when you look at the headlines, I mean, you didn't see those headlines a year ago. Nope. Who cared? Nope. He hasn't even announced. Oh, geez. But anyway, things they're are in looking, overdrive. Things are looking good. <laughs> in what? <laughs> no, the Utah House passed oh. a great bill yesterday. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. The Utah House passed a bill yesterday that's going to reduce by nearly half the number of days fireworks are allowed to be used in the summer. We can only hope, though, right. that they pick the right days. <laughs> I wonder you know, how they're going to figure out which days the fires were going to start. But I'm super happy they're doing this because of like the hundred fires that were started by firecrackers over the last five years. Oh wait, th- no, there wasn't. No, it wasn't. no, there wasn't any fires. Let's see. I think it was there wasn't any. in the last hundred huh. years. Yeah, I wonder why. No, well, not, why, not I wonder that. what the reason was for the legislation. There's potential for. Fire. <laughs> There's potential. You know what I'm feeling? I'm feeling my government love. I- I'm feeling it. The NSA is always there listening to me, making sure that I'm listened to. Even when I don't want to be, I've got the FBI now can go get a warrant mm-hmm. uh, from the NSA files, and they don't even have to ask, and they don't have to go run it through a, you know, a court. It saves time, and they're going to be there when I need them. And yeah. Facebook is censoring my stuff now, so at least I know that I don't have to critically think, because Facebook's going to do it for me. I've got Alexa ready to hear me. Everybody wants to listen to me. I have friends. I have never lonely and I'm feeling I'm feeling my bestie the government <laughs> that government love big old hug big yeah. old warm blanket like if you're in the desert and it's 110 and you need that warm blanket around you same kind of feeling a little stranglehold but I'm getting tired of that tradition of fireworks anyway. <laughs> well, who needed it? I mean, <laughs> we just, you know, we just need to rid ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And we hear it when they sing the Star Spangled Banner. Right. I mean, I'm just super happy that they're there concerned and worried because yeah. if they weren't, who would be? Who would be? I mean, I got legislators that are really worried about my safety and and my kindness level, mm-hmm. and they want to make sure that all my behavior is regulated, so I make the right step and walk down the street correctly. And uh, you know, sounds what like I do paradise. <laughs> it is paradise. <laughs> I love them. They are my new bestie. Um, yeah, we've got <laughs> we've got so much on the docket. Uh, so. There, there's that. There was the, uh, oh, by the way, people are still eating Tide Pods. So what did the donut shops do? They started making icing that looks like a Tide Pod. 
<laughs> Which they're Neat. making donuts. That's how idiotic. That's how idiotic people are. A Tide Pod, that looks yummy. Hmm. I can't even imagine what goes through a teenager's brain when they're about to eat one. Well, you see, there's the misconception right there. They don't have brains, Kate. (laughs) (laughs) I also want to mention this. Front page spectrum, okay? Now, we know that they're extremely liberal now, but I have proof, okay? It's just so funny to watch the headlines come through in a, in a, in a pretty Mormon-dominated community. What, what, what video are they trying to get viral? Which is the best beer and what's outselling the most in Utah? Then they've got the elk that was shot down, right? But it had to have been during the shutdown because there was nobody there to protect it. We have to have the government protecting like we have to. Well, that's true because that when would have never been front page. Well, <laughs> when the Rangers are on duty, there's never poaching. Right, ever. And so <laughs> I'm so happy that that they made they made us aware in a front page yeah. article, so that we're really aware that if we even go 24 hours, we're totally sunk. Yeah. What would we do? Bad. I don't. I don't know what we would do. Without I all those stayed Rangers. home. I was afraid to leave that. <laughs> <laughs> were you? Yeah. Oh man! In today's show, we're going to be talking about kind of a new angle on uh, the memo, the memo, the memo, the memo, mm, the um, memo, the memo. And uh, uh, there's a couple of things going on as far as tech is concerned that are a little concerning. Um, There's a couple of things going on in other countries right now that are (laughs) a little concerning um, as far as what they're asking their citizens to do. Google's getting a little weird. Alabama is taking some pretty drastic steps um, uh, so that they can kind of retain what their state wants to do with marriage. All kinds of stuff going on. And, of course, it's open phone lines, 888-673-1450. I just I look at these headlines, and it just boggles one's mind, um, especially when I look at the spectrum and its liberal base, its liberal, uh, even the opinion pieces, so liberal. And I'm wondering, what in the world? I, I, can You know, uh, St. George News, I like St. George News, a little more fair and balanced. But what has happened to the spectrum? I, Every I, single article. Do you know they covered the uh, the vagina hat march? They covered that um, like front page, splashy, huge. But not the local walk for life. Not the local walk for life. That's completely amazing to me. Yeah. And nobody seems to have a problem with but, this. Well, I think maybe the area is becoming more liberal. Okay. Did you hear what's going on at Dixie? Dixie University. I don't think it's becoming more liberal. I just Dixie think University today, as a matter of fact, held their diversity dialogue mm-hmm. at the Multicultural and Inclusion Center over at the university. Wait, we have a what? Malt, the Dixie State Multicultural and Inclusion Center. Have they met Dixie State? <laughs> There's and, a whole lot of melting The discussion pot going on was okay. why words matter. Uh, uh, with okay. when you're talking about minorities. Right. I thought words matter anytime you're talking. They do. No, see? But I I was you got to right. be careful. <laughs> got to be oh, so, wait, wait, we have a what? A multicultural what? Dixie State Multicultural and Inclusion Center. This is where they include everybody but white people. <laughs> <laughs> so there's what like 10 chairs yeah. <laughs> ready for this crowd. <laughs> How many people run this thing? I don't know. It doesn't say. It it just Is this makes... at every university now? No, no, this is just Dixie State. No, I'm sure it is. Whose and almost every was this. 
doesn't say. That's just funny. It to just me. makes they have a, big, a whole center. Yep, and words matter when referring to minorities. Can, can I ask a question? Were we not inclusive before we had the center? I was. <laughs> Somehow. My gardener's name really? is Jose. <laughs> okay. I'm just wondering if it took the center for us to go, oh, we're now this. And I I, I just wonder what we were before that. I, I guess we were just mean. Were we mean? No. And we just didn't know it? Or were we just not helpful to people? Did people just I sort don't of think... store their kindness away and now they're kind because it, we have a multicultural center? It has nothing to do with us. Oh, it has to do with this is the last hurrah for the liberals <laughs> and they're going <clears throat> they're doing everything they can to to get their agenda crossed in their last few hours wait, wait. <laughs> When you go to college, is it important that you have a center that embraces you if for some reason you have a different belief than the 10 people standing next to you? I mean, is it necessary? Is is it needed? Do you when you go to college, I just thought you were going to go to classes. Do you need a center to embrace you? It's very hard to learn, Kate, just when asking. you're afraid mm. and and you know, worried about oh. being accepted because of your race. But or... you're an adult now, and in college, you don't have any confidence. Well, there's or... you see another misconception. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that word "adult," you know, okay. that'll trap you every I'm just time. Just asking because it just seems a little <laughs> odd that we have to have a center to embrace people so they feel comfortable. You're an adult. If you don't feel comfortable by now, I don't know that that's going to happen because we've instilled a center and we're paying for something that I think is pretty unnecessary. Go to class. Yeah. Why, why do we have to? Why do we have to embrace and coddle and? It's like the coddling center. Are it, there big pillows in there? And I, I don't know what's in there. What's it, in there? Instead of Dixie State University, if it had said the Desert Hills Kindergarten, <laughs> it would have made more sense. <laughs> we'll be right. I'm just asking. We'll be right back. Kate Daly Show. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show at your service. I've got, oh, you can also email me at Kate at Kate Daly Radio. And you can also check out the podcast, katedalyradio.com for podcasts. And they also have like archives and archive shows and all kinds of stuff. And pretty soon here, I think this week or next, I'm putting up a playlist each day of all of our bumper music so you can know what we're playing. Um, because I've got a lot of requests for that for some reason. And I know I'm really kind of off the charts when it comes to music. <laughs> we're, we're we, we, I mean, talk about eclectic. Holy crap! Anyway, we're eclectic. So uh, if you want, if you do want to know what we play, that's great, and I'll put that up on uh, up on the website, katedalyradio.com. Uh, I have Uncle Milty with me, yes, and you do. Uh, I also have uh, in this segment uh, Ryan Brinkerhaw. Uh, Ryan, how are you? I'm doing wonderful, Kate. How are you? Excellent. And uh, from Inside Out Hyperbarics, and I wanted to talk to you about a documentary um, that that we talked about uh, about a month ago, and um, and I also want to. Well, I, there's a couple of things I want to talk to you about. So I always find you really fascinating. So tell me a little bit about 
that about the documentary about the yeah. lab 257 yeah. and the biological warfare yes yeah I'm interested so, yeah it's yeah. a it's a book that was put out on a, a individual who did a bunch of research on mm -hmm. a biological war center that was right off the coast of uh, Connecticut hmm. um, it all ties into operation paperclip bringing German scientists over and it, it became hit really hard home for me um, because right off the coast uh, where the center is is a little town called Lyme Connecticut where the first cases of Lyme's disease showed up that's why it's called Lyme disease. okay, okay right I'm with you. right and um, that's something that not only my family and I su have suffered with but I see a lot of patients over our wellness center suffering from the same really thing. Yes. okay all right because there, I've seen more articles on this and and people are talking about this more and more and so I did not know that it was named after that though that's yeah interesting. that's exactly okay. where the name came from because um, it was back in the early 80s that mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of parents started seeing their children displaying symptoms of really swollen joints, knees, all sorts of arthritis, and also horrible brain fog. They couldn't remember anything. Hmm. And it took um, about six years, and then it was finally discovered that this bacterium um, called Borrelia burgdorferi was actually behind it all. And it, it links right back to the little bioweapon center that's only about six miles away, right off the coast. And it mm. all ties in with German scientists. And it's it's a really fascinating book. What's it, it called it, again? It's called Lab 257. Lab 257. Yeah. Okay. And so, and so what do you think is behind Lyme disease? Um, it's, it's, it's really hard because I don't like to get too far down the right, conspiracy. Right. Um, but, but I did listen to a neurologist from Harvard University talk about it once. And he... When they discovered Lyme's disease, it was so much farther advanced than any other bacteria they'd ever studied. Hmm. He basically looked at the crowd and asked, he's like, I, I just want to know how this thing is 10,000 years ahead of any other uh, bacteria that we've ever studied. The things it does, the way it incorporates itself, the way it hides from the immune system is just like nothing they've ever seen before. And there's no cure for this? No, well, I mean, they, once you get it, you are stuck with this? It, it's the fastest growing infectious disease in the United States. And it's, I mean, the debate over it is just insane. Um, they, they, they've even created new syndromes called post-Lyme's disease syndrome syndrome because the government says if you have X amount of antibiotics, mm -hmm. it will kill the bacteria even if you continue to have the same symptoms you had before for the next 20 years. Hmm. So they're claiming there's no way the bacteria can survive that, but even though you're suffering the same way you were before the antibiotics, now we've created this new autoimmune post-Lyme's disease syndrome, and that's what they blame all the symptoms on after that, which oh. in my opinion doesn't make one bit of sense from a science standpoint. Not at all. Is this easy to diagnose, hard to diagnose, underdiagnosed, overdiagnosed? What's your... What um, you okay. Well, the doctors that treat it all the time, the scientists say it is the most missed disease that they've ever encountered. Really? Because it will mimic, they call it the great imitator, so it can mimic, um, it can mimic MS in some people. Mm -hmm. Lou Gehrig's disease, it can show up as depression, anxiety. Um, very few people have the hallmark symptoms of Lyme's disease, the swollen knees, Mm -hmm. um, the joint pain, things like that. So just in my family alone, um, you know, between me and my siblings, the symptoms were just such a wide range. No clinician would have ever put them all together that they were being caused by the same thing. Oh, wow. So how do they say right now you can get this? So the government claims right now the only way that you can get it is by the bite of a tick. Mm -hmm. um, and... Even though they found it in breast milk, they mm -hmm. found it in vaginal secretions, they found it in semen, they found it in saliva. 
Um, but there's, it's never been proven that it's transmitted any other way than beside a tick. And they've even found it in placental fluid, showing that it's probably passed from mother to child. But the, the research hasn't been done to prove that that's actually happening. How do you think? Um, How do you I, think it's getting... I mean, I think, I mean, they even find it mosquitoes and biting flies, too. So I think if it's transmitted via one vector, say a tick, why can't it be transmitted by a mosquito or a biting fly? Right. Oh, there's a problem there. What? With too much logic. Too much logic. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, the closest thing to Lyme's disease in the, in the bacterial world is its cousin syphilis, which they know is transmitted sexually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even though, like I said, they find it in the semen, the saliva. Right. They, it's, they still Let's don't take a caller. Together. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. I, I just have a real quick question. Sure. Um, is... Is there a false positive test on these, or are they showing up as all positive? Um, and I'll get off the great, air. Great question. Thank you. Yeah, there are false positives in any testing you do, and, and there's multiple tests for Lyme's disease. The, the most effective one shows about a 70% rate of being accurate. Um, but then there's some tests out there, like what they call a PCR test, where they're looking for the DNA specifically of the bacteria, mm. and it can have a failure rate of 80%. So the bacteria can be there, it can be present in the body, and if it's not in that one little drop of blood that they've taken, mm-hmm. and they only run a PCR right. test, they're going to miss it. And the monster will continue to get worse. The symptoms will get worse and the people go downhill. We didn't have, they weren't noticing this uh, before the 80s. I mean, this really came to light in the 80s. Well, what's interesting is they they found the Iceman a few years ago, right? They called Mm -hmm. him Otzi, I think was his name or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, he was actually infected with Lyme's disease when they tested everything in his body, when they got him to a lab. But the difference is, is Lyme's disease was known to be over in Europe, for instance, for uh, you know, thousands of years. Right. But uh, a German scientist over there was saying, okay, well, why do people present with Lyme's disease over here with just, you know, the standard arthritis, things like that? But in the United States, it's just a devastating neurological condition. And then at that point, you know, you got to start thinking, okay, well, what happened to this bacteria, you know, from mm-hmm. Europe over to here? And then the coincidence that it was you know, picked up right next to a biological warfare lab off the United States coast. What <laughs> hmm, happened to that bacteria? That is strange. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, a little if, strange coincidence. And so how do they treat it? Um, the standard course, the CDC says, is standard course of a few antibiotics given over about 30 days. Um, I have yet to ever see that help anybody. I have Don't never... you have to do that like quick? Like if you find out you have it or you right. start to have symptoms, you have to do it fast. R- right. Well, the, the CDC guidelines say that you have to have the bullseye rash, which, um, I, you know, the, the numbers keep changing, but around 70% of people never get the bullseye rash. Hmm. So sometimes when the tick bites you, you'll get this nice little red ring rash around it. And if a clinician is trained in it, they'll go, okay, that's a bullseye rash. We need to start you on antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And if it's caught within that first week, I think there's a pretty good success. But once it goes beyond that, I don't find that the antibiotics help much. But those symptoms could be a lot of things. And so are they even testing that quick? Right. Once you have the symptoms. No, they they hardly ever test because if they don't see that bullseye ring, then they don't think Lyme's disease. They think, okay, well, you might just have the flu or you might just have caught in a standard cold or, you know, Mm -hmm. take your pick. So what is this called again? 
uh, Lyme's the, the, disease. The, I mean, I'm sorry, the book or the... The book is called Lab 257, Lab and there's a lot of historical data in there. Um, you can all reference it out. It's all there. Uh, it's, it's just a great read. Hmm. Makes me want to dig deeper. Uh, you know, you have, while well, I have you here, uh, you've been helping so many people, and I've been getting a lot of great feedback about your wellness center. There's a couple of things that you're doing that I don't think I've even been able to really explain on the air or do justice to it. Can you tell people what you're doing over there? Right. So now we've, not only with the hyperbaric therapy that we've been doing for a long time, we mm-hmm. have a new doctor on board who's uh, doing intravenous nutritional products, mm-hmm. and he's also doing a lot of stem cell injections now. Okay. So so um, the stem cells are just absolutely amazing. We get people in that have had maladies their entire lives, and the stem cells will basically, over two or three vials of them, just completely change these people's lives. Wow. What kind yeah. of things? Like, what are they coming in with? Well, one lady came in. She was basically what you would call a bubble baby, where she was born with a, an, an immune system that did not work. They tested her for all the normals, HIV, everything like that. None of that was there, but she just wasn't producing white blood cells, so she was sick constantly. Anyway, she went in and got stem cells done um, through an IV, and then she came in about two weeks later and wanted to look at her blood underneath my microscope. So we got a drop of blood looked, and her white blood cell um, proliferation in the blood was just amazing. She had them everywhere, neutrophils, lymphocytes, everything looked <laughs> like an amazing immune system. Oh. And so that was the first time I'd ever experienced anything like that happen. I'm sure. What else could, What else are, are peop, do people have that they're coming into you for help at the hyperbaric, inside out hyperbaric? Um, we could just get a litany of folks, everything from we get a lot of people with Lyme's disease because mm-hmm. um, people are getting their wits in and not getting any help the normal route. And it's um, helping? Oh, tons. Yeah. Helps out a ton. Um, traumatic brain injuries. We're getting a lot of those vets with PTSD, which um, last time we talked about the government not allowing vets to use hyperbarics Mm -hmm. for PTSD. They've just passed a law about two weeks ago that now if vets go through two standard treatments for Mm -hmm. PTSD and don't see any results, that they will now allow them to use hyperbaric. I'm so glad the government put their stamp on it. Thank you, President Trump. There you go. That's exactly why I think it happened as well. Really? They've been trying for over a decade to get this legislation passed. It's gone nowhere, and now it's becoming a reality for vets. And it's helping vets. Tons, yep. Wow. What else? Um, Cancers. We get Mm -hmm. a lot of people in with cancers. Um, We had a, a... non-typical reaction to the hyperbarics where a lady had stage four cancer, colon cancer, hadn't even told her kids yet. Her husband knew about it. She came in and did 60 sessions, went back to her oncologist, and now she's cancer-free. So uh, I'm not sure if it was all the hyperbarics. I can't say legally that it was. But sure is interesting. It is. It makes you think. Hmm. And you said uh, you've got sub- you're doing uh, nutritious supplements too intravenously. Yeah, intravenous nutrition. Mm-hmm. So a lot of folks who are, are sick are not feeling well. A lot of the problems are in their stomach um, okay. with all the genetically modified foods that we're eating, all the antibiotics we've been given, plus our livestock have been given. Our guts are. The gut you know, brain, they they say, right? Yep, yeah. yep. They are connected, so they're, mm-hmm. they're not able to absorb nutrients very well. So people will come in and we'll get them something called a Myers pack, intravenous nutrition, and you can just see the lights come on in these folks. They're getting nutrition into their bodies, into their cells that they haven't had for years. That's it. I'm making an appointment. <laughs> I know. Seriously. <laughs> no, really. I, I know that the We're HIV so drugs I take mm-hmm. have to totally mess with my stomach. Right. Yeah. Totally. We're, we're so void of, of nutrition. It's not even funny. Uh, okay. I'm trying to get to some calls, but uh, I'm losing. I'm sorry. Stay on the line. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's really neat what you're doing. And I, I that's why I've been encouraging people to seek you out because... 
uh, I think there's just so many ways it can help where you don't have to deal with big pharma. And you, right. you have, we have such an amazing thing right here in Southern Utah. Why in the world would you bypass that? So, um, and so when they come in, you'll meet with them, talk with them about what's going on and let them know. If you can't help them, you'll let them right. know. Yeah, right. if, it, if they've got something that's never been shown that hyperbarics can help in the medical literature, any studies mm-hmm. or anything like that, then, you know, we'll just be like, well, we, we don't know if it's going to help you out or not. Right. You know, I won't tell them it will unless I know it will. Right. You know? I like that. I really do. And uh, other things like autism and right. uh, um, inflammation, autoimmune. Right. All that stuff. Yeah. I mean, one thing hyperbaric says across the board is lowers inflammation. So if you're suffering from chronic pain, mm-hmm. your steroids are, you know, knocking down the pain because they're shutting down your immune system, which leads to other problems. But when you come Bingo. to hyperbarics, we're dropping the inflammation and upregulating your immune system at the same time to keep you healthy. It can help with neuropathy, arthritis. Tons of that, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you got a lot of people coming in for that too. Right. Um, and uh, and even just a few sessions, I think what happens is, is what happened with my husband is you start to see the results really quickly, which is really right. exciting. So right. <laughs> you see the progress. It, it, you know, it doesn't always take X amount of sessions. Sometimes it's actually a quick, quicker thing, right? So yeah, we recently had a vet come in with terrible neuropathy that he'd had for about 15, 20 years. He worked in the chemical corpse mm-hmm. and after two sessions he's like my neuropathy has been reduced about 60 percent yeah that's and so we've got him huge. down to about 80 percent reduction his neuropathy doesn't have pain anymore he's able to hike and walk and do the things well. he wants to do again and Get over to see Ryan, Hyperbarics, Inside Out Hyperbarics, insideouthyperbarics.com, and uh, get over, make an appointment, and see if he can help. And uh, and, and he'll be straight with you. Yeah, you know, th- this is an honest group. I really like what they do. I've been so impressed with it. And that's... Long intro. Goodness. All right. So welcome back to the Kate Talley Show. And uh, I need to vet my intros. Uh, I asked, I've got Uncle Milty here. And I asked Ryan to stay because uh, he was just telling us some stuff that I just, I think you guys should hear. In fact, we'll take the caller first. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Okay. I'd like to ask Ryan a real quick question. Sure. Has has he ever had anyone come into his, his center with a, an autistic adult uh, who has SIBS, that's self-injurious behaviors? Um, we haven't with that s- particular syndrome, but we have had elderly kids come in with autism. Mm-hmm. And I have seen okay, cases, yeah. though, uh, like you're talking about, Caller, where at, that's actually documented. They've actually been on talk shows where right. after about a year of, of working in the hyperbarics um, with a situation like you have, Caller, that that actually helped right. so a lot. So, Yeah, because yeah. his sibs are like like really bad. I mean, head yeah. banging through the walls and scratching his face and biting his arms and Jeez. you name it. And and also you mentioned about that, that gut therapy, that, mm-hmm. uh, that inter, intravenous, uh, what's that called again? It's called intravenous nutrition. The, the one pack that I mentioned that you can get is called a Myers pack. So it's just tons of B vitamins, uh, vitamin C, lots of it's like minerals. Like instant, uh, <laughs> goes yeah. right into your system. Yeah, and- basically bypassing the gut and getting that stuff right where it needs to be, and that's at the cellular level. Myers pack. I'm gonna write that down. I wish you were in New Jersey. <laughs> hey, you can always come out. Right. <laughs> Thanks so much, Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate no it. Um, so tell us a little bit uh, because. 
President Benson, and then has has some connections to this that you were talking about um, with the Lyme disease in that center um, right off the coast, and also some other infectious diseases, other diseases right. that were going on at the same time. Yeah. So when I was uh, when I was studying um, the island, it's actually called Plum Island. Uh, it, it came up that uh, Ezra Taft Benson was the U.S. Department uh, over agriculture. He was the head of that department. And he's the one that did the dedication to that um, Plum Island when it opened up, which really blew my mind because I didn't know he had done all these things in government before he actually became the prophet of the church. I of had the LDS no church, yeah. idea yeah. at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, I've got quotes for him as he, uh, talking, to, wasn't it Khrushchev he was talking to? Uh, who was it when they said communism is coming and it'll be here when your grandchildren are here? And that was back in the 80s. I've got that clip. Khrushchev. I played it on the show. No, um, sorry. I've, I've played it on the show numerous times. Oh, the, the. Um, uh, Russia's leader. Gorbachev? Um, oh, gosh. I'll, I'll remember it. But talk about that center because there were other diseases that they were working on at the time. Right. So um, so what they were doing at the facility is they were trying to figure out a way to weaponize certain viruses so they could basically wipe out a population in war. And so they worked with hand, foot, and mouth disease. Um, and then one of the other ones they were working with was West Nile virus. Mm-hmm. And the actual first confirmed case of anybody in the United States getting West Nile was in a town just a couple of miles away from Lyme, Connecticut. Just so happens? Yeah, just randomly showed up in that exact same hot spot. So they were what testing. What state is Lyme, is Lyme in? Connecticut. Connecticut, okay. Yep, yep. It's right there by New York. And that's, if you if you look at a map of all the Lyme's disease activity when it first came out, mm-hmm. all right there in that little East Coast area. Wow. Yep. And so they were all working on all of those and then all of a sudden they became rampant? Right. That's exactly right in that one small area. So there was a, uh, so Operation Paperclip, you know, we went after all these German scientists and mm-hmm. one that I had never known about, which was the father of our biological weapon program in the United States was a, a gentleman named Eric Traub. Mm-hmm. He was one of Himmler's right hand man and Adolf Hitler loved this man because he had learned how not to only put and weaponize these infections inside of vectors, which are ticks and biting flies and mosquitoes, but he'd figured out a way to make it pass down to their offspring so the disease wouldn't die with the bugs that he infected, but it would be passed down from generation to generation to generation. So as World War II was drawing down, there was a giant race between us and Russia to get our hands on this one specific general. And as a matter of fact, the Russians got him first. He made an escape. We picked him up. We took him to the United States and so happened to drop him off at Plum Island. Oh, jeez. Isn't it fascinating when you go back to that point in time in that era and what brought us global warming as we know it today via Al Gore, what came from one of the German scientists that came over that just had an idea. It wasn't even a proven theory. It was just a theory at the time. It wasn't even proven. That's what brought about global warming. That's what brought about this whole stupid, shammy, hoax, man-made global warming warming thing. So it's exactly. so much you can dial back to these scientists that came over right in the late 40s. Very it's, interesting. It's just fascinating when you jump down that rabbit hole. Oh my gosh. And so they were working on West Nile and what else? Hand West and Nile, uh, foot and mouth disease, any virus um, that they basically wanted to be able to go in and wipe out a food supply for any population across the country. And they did the numbers on it. And with 18, within 18 months, they'd be able to blow through any country they wanted to. And they wouldn't even put up any fight because they'd be so malnourished and starved because all their livestock had been killed. 
In the 60s, they looked at this, um, and it's all documented in this book, and they said, no, we can't do that because we'll have a humanitarian crisis on our hand. We'll need to go feed these people. Mm -hmm. So they slowly started to pull back from it, but I think at that point, all the damage had been done in that bio lab, and now it had come to the mainland. Well, I'm talking to Ryan from Inside Out Hyperbarics, and... Uh, Wow. What's the, what's the name of the book again? The book Sorry. is called Lab 257. Okay, because a lot of people are going to ask me. Right. <laughs> so, Lab 257. And then there's a documentary? Yep, there is. There's one on YouTube that you can watch about it as well. Same title, same name. Documents all of that. What, what is the status of Plum Island today? Um, it's been shut down. It's uh, a few years back, they actually moved this bioweapons lab right into the heartland somewhere into Iowa. Mm -hmm. And if you look it up, since then there's been a couple outbreaks of some really unique and wonderful viruses um, in, that, in that same part of the country. Wow. So they're still testing it on livestock. They're still using them as the, the test subjects. And they just sort of act like these things spontaneously come right. about? Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I mean, if you look at, you know, back in history, you have the Tuskegee Project, right, where mm -hmm. they infected all the African-Americans with syphilis and then followed them for about two generations mm -hmm. to see what it would do to them. Mm -hmm. um, there was the fog spraying they did in San Francisco when they aerosoled a certain type of bacteria, let it fall through the fog, and then they just started watching hospitals hospitals to see how many people would turn up. Uh, they did it in the New York train system at one point in time. So Manhattan yeah, there's Project. a lot of it going on. we got on. all kinds of stuff going on where they're constantly working on stuff. And then all of a sudden, we just so happens, we just have something crop up in yeah, our then, society that we have to deal with. Right. And then I think something really bad like Lyme's disease happens where it went from uh, a bacteria um, that's been around for thousands of years that have caused small symptoms mm -hmm. to now it's just devastating people's lives. Yeah. You know, so many people worry about having a biological attack or warfare coming from another country, but right. we don't ever talk about what we actually do to our own. Right. <laughs> Doesn't that just surprise people? Well, I that's mean, why when anybody sits there and talks about, oh, we need more government, we need to put our faith in our elected officials, if, if you just go back and you look at the, how they've used us as lab rats over the years, mm -hmm. no thank you. Yeah. yeah. What was the Don't city? You. Was it in Michigan? Where, was it the radiation? I'm trying to think where that was. It was somewhere over at, like, you know, Ohio, or right. they, they dropped a bunch of stuff. Right, out high of altitude. The, yeah, out of, the, out of the sky. See to what to, it would do. Yeah, just hmm. to see what it would do. Yep. And, uh, and there's no, they get a blank check. There's no oversight. There's no anything, right? No, and, there, and there's, no, there's no restitution for the people's lives that have been ruined. They look at it as all, it's all part of the greater good for the country, which... Hmm. No, no, thank you. I mean, if you read the Tuskegee files, what happened to those African-Americans over that amount of time and their generations of people was just horrid. And yeah. the government knew what was going on, but they weren't telling them because they wanted to see exactly how devastating syphilis could be and how many generations it could be passed down. What was on Plum Island before they... Uh, moved to the summer. beautiful beaches. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a remote. It was kind mm -hmm. of remote location, mm -hmm. um, but it, it sat in a very a wonderful place for them to do their studies. One of the main reasons why they put it there is because the winds always blew out to sea. They never got crosswinds coming back to the mainland. But I think where they really misjudged everything was that it is actually a migration part of a route for a bunch of birds. So the birds could land on the island. If there were biting vectors there, ticks that were infected with something, they could hop onto these birds, travel mm -hmm. to the mainland, and then they could spread wherever they wanted. Whose brainchild was Plum Island? Um, Did they dial it back to anybody? They never take it back to one individual. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, I mean, it's all documented there because the Germans have been experimenting with it heavily. They 
wanted to get into the game too. And then that's why there was such a mad rush to get their hands on Eric Traub, General Eric Traub. He was the brainchild of a lot of these monsters. Wow. How much has Lyme disease grown in the last, say, 10 10, 20 years? Um, I I think there's been a lot of sick people for a lot of years because when I first got diagnosed with it, it was, um, let's see, it would have been in 2007. Mm -hmm. And when I did my CDC interview after I tested positive, you know, the the screener argued with me for hours wondering which states back east I had been in because Lyme's disease didn't exist in Utah. Mm Mm-hmm. I've never been back east, and I had a new, you know, handful of people in Utah that had been diagnosed with it as well that had never been back there either. So now they recognize it's in every state. Mm-hmm. The numbers are just growing just uh, at an alarming rate. I mean, there's just people popping up with it everywhere that have been misdiagnosed with lupus. Any autoimmune disease mm-hmm. could possibly be caused by the, the bacteria. So it's line. swollen joints, brain fog. Is there anything else? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, memory problems, uh, depression, anxiety, um, lots and lots of GI issues. There's a lot of folks that will be diagnosed with Crohn's mm-hmm. that actually have underlying Lyme's disease. And when they treat the Lyme's disease, the Crohn's starts to roll back or completely disappear. Even IBS? Yeah. All kinds all of different. All of those. Mm. So it's kind of getting lumped under that one. Yeah. That's well, why they call it the great imitator. It let's can just imitate kill them. all the ticks. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Well, one of the problems that's happened yeah. is there's so many ticks now because they've limited the hunting back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now there's an overpopulation of deer, yep. and that's what those ticks love. I love it on. when government intervenes. They, they just Warm, do a cozy horrible hug. job. Just gov love. Just love it. Horrible. You were ta- oh, speaking of government, it was, you were talking about Leonid Brezhnev, weren't you? Maybe, yeah. He was, was he was the leader during Reagan's during. years. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, all those Russian names. They all just become one. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> um, yeah, and there was a big warning uh, that uh, when he brought him over here to this country that he said, uh, yeah, communism will be here for your grandchildren. And uh, that was in the 80s. Kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he th- and he said no. And he said, oh, no, it'll come in the most pervasive ways. It'll right. get here. Don't, don't worry about it. You'll see it. Uh, it was really creepy, actually, because um, he was head of agriculture, secretary of agriculture, uh, uh, Ezra Taft Benson was. Um, and so I'll, I'll have to play that clip again sometime on the show. But man, you know, it makes you think about some of these diseases so differently, doesn't it? Because a lot of people don't ever go back to the origins or they don't even think about the origins. They just think that we have X, Y, and Z to contend with in America and that you just have to sort of deal your way through it. But we don't really dial it back to where it came from. And that's really scary. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like anytime we put our hands in these um, in, in these diseases, bad things happen. Look at Zika, for instance. Right. Mm-hmm. So it had been Zika had been popping up in Brazil and in parts of South America for years. And it was always just this little localized, no problem. There'd be a few people that would pop up with it. Well, the year prior to when the big disease outbroke, you know, happened and it went worldwide, They released a bunch of genetically modified mosquitoes in Brazil that were supposed to get rid of dengue fever. But for some reason, when they genetically modified those mosquitoes, then all of a sudden Zika just exploded across the world. Now, Mm -hmm. was it planned? I don't know. It could have been. I don't know. But the outcome was horrible. They did eliminate dengue, but then it brought Zika to Mm -hmm. everybody else. Because Zika's been around for decades and decades, and all it caused was a mild flu. Yeah, mild flu, and very few kids would get disfigured from it. Now it's turned into a monster. Mm-hmm. And now they're starting to genetically modify mosquitoes in Florida and different places to I've deal with different this. diseases. And it's like, it's just That's stop creepy. It. That's like Don't Hunger Games. I mean, give me, <laughs> give me a break. Right. Yeah. Uh, manufactured insects. Creepy stuff we're doing. Yep. 
That's Always. Why, but you know what, though? It's why we have the show to talk about it. Because I was I listened to other talk show, you know, uh, conservative talk shows. And they always, a lot of them stay in the right-left paradigm. I mean, that's the only place they'll go. And it always makes me wonder, because I'm talking the biggest ones, right? And uh, they don't go into any of this. They don't go in so people can understand our history, so people can understand where things came from and why they started and who was at the helm. This is what people need to know. This is the education that people, I think, so desperately want that we never got along the way um, and how things have been corrupted. Uh, A lot of collusion, a lot more collusion than people realize. And that's not a conspiracy. That's fact. Because all you have to do is go back into stuff like this and, and dial it back and you see the origin really really plain and, and simple thank you ryan ryan brinkerhoff from inside out hyperbarics go see him he's doing some tremendous work with people and i'm getting a lot of feedback they absolutely love you thanks for the having way. me again and they're getting help they're getting the help they need inside out hyperbarics.com by the way uh thank you ryan wow enlightening i'll have to read the book now um we'll be right back bam we have so much to talk about i want to talk about another angle on the memo that hasn't been discussed that we, I think we need to sort of go over. Maybe it'll maybe turn on some light bulbs too. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show.